Welcome to Nothing Is OB South Texas Golf Podcast, episode number 35. I have one of the teaching pros from Fort Sam Houston Golf Course, Robert Vasquez. Now, please excuse some of the audio from using a new streaming service, and so it's a little bit choppy on my end. But please enjoy. Welcome to Nothing Is OB Golf Podcast, episode number 35. I always have a special guest for the most part, but I've been an admirer of Roberts for a long time. I'm 35, I, by the way. I'm number one. I'm 35. <laughs> Just go ahead. Well, well, thank God. I'll tell you a little story about number one. But I got one of my good buddies. I got the first assistant at Fort Sam Houston Golf, Golf Course, Robert Vasquez. How you doing tonight, Robert? I'm blessed, brother. How you doing tonight, my brother? Um, shoot, I'm doing great, man. I'm super pumped and super excited. I always say that, but I really am. I'm like a giddy schoolgirl uh, whenever I do these podcasts because I'm super excited to hear uh, your stories, what your responses are. And just from talking with you before, uh, I was really pumped up to do this podcast. Uh, give me the number one reason. Just because... Wait, you do. You gotta. You gotta look at my (laughs) eyes when you talk to me, brother. Well, you do what I would. I wish I could do right now is be on the golf course, work on the golf course, see the golf course as your front yard, side yard. Uh, That's really. I envy guys like you. I do. So um, let me ask you a question. I'm. I'm a customer. I'm not calling in for. I'm okay. What tee times do you have available? Uh, I got the 804. Eight, uh, no, I was looking for something a little bit later. 805? Or eight, what no, is it? Eight, no, 809? 815? No, uh, something mid-morning. 936. No, mid-morning, like maybe 1030 to 1230. I got 10, I got 1232. That's a little bit too late. I mean, something... <laughs> You know, so let's just make sure you understand what goes on that when that phone rings and we answer those calls at a golf course, we get those questions. Well, I believe it because I'm on the other end. I'm the one doing that. I'm like 836. Uh, do you have like an 849? You tell me, what are they? What are their increments in that so, you? Depending on the golf course, some golf courses have 5, 7, 10, 14. But, you know, through this whole COVID thing they want him to be six feet apart not possible oh, I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like hold on i'm trying to think what is six feet in, in minutes what is six feet in minutes there is a but you know it's it's one of those things i like being in the golf business i like being greenside I, you know i well, i'll tell you a funny story that i said i want to know the retail part you know, the PGA process of being in the PGA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's when I was in the program. We'll get to that because the PGA and me have issues right now. <laughs> right. Oh, but, oh, oh yeah. Crazy. I want to hear this. It's, it's I want to hear issues. this. It's real good issues. Anyway, so when I was going through that program, I wanted to know the retail side. And this was a funny story, brother. I went to go work for Dick's, right? And I won't say what, yeah, what location, but Dick's Sporting Goods, you know? And I said, I want to learn the golfsmith part of this, right? I want to understand how to build clubs, how to bend clubs, what's the, you know, the degrees and what the bounce and line, what, everything that goes into knowing what a golf club does. It doesn't just do one thing. So anyway, so I, my first week there at Dick's, you know, they're, they're, the, the head pro, I won't name his name, but I love Jeff to death. Anyway, 
Yes. This is the juice. This is the juice I need. This is the juice I want. Okay, anyway, it's not the dicks in New Braunfels, but it's the dicks somewhere close by New Braunfels, and they only have one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so I get there, and it's, it's my first week, and Jeff says, hey, I'm going to go to lunch, right? And this is the guy that I'm doing my apprenticeship under, and he's teaching me how to be a golfsmith, how to you know do clubs and how to bend clubs, do re-grips. Re-gripping is so easy. Well, this guy, you know, Jeff goes, hey, I'm going to go to lunch, Robert, you know, handle the counter. And I'm thinking, okay, I can do grips, you know, I can change out, you know, normal stuff. You know what I mean? This guy comes in and says, I want my clubs extended by a half inch. I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. I can do a half inch. So me not ever doing extensions, I started with a half inch. And I cut every piece as it grew like this. Well, you're supposed to do a half inch of cost for every club. This guy <laughs> said, we look like this. I mean, literally like a pea. <laughs> I I start, brother. You're supposed to cut a half inch to put on top of every club. Yeah, extend them by a half inch. Well, I started a half inch and I cut a little bit more and a little bit more. (laughs) By the time I finished, this guy's club were like a peak. His three iron was probably like the size of his driver. So he comes and picks them up, right? And Jeff hadn't came back from lunch yet because I did him less than an hour. All these extensions, see, tap, tap, grip, and anyway, the guy gets there and he hits him. And he's hitting this seven iron, one eighty, one ninety, and he's like, "Wow, I like this. I like this, right?" And he's hitting his three iron. He's bombing his three iron, right? And Jeff, the head pro, comes in from his lunch. And he says, "Hey, let me see the club you did." He goes, "Oh my goodness, what did you do?" I said, "I extended him." He goes, "What do you mean you extended him?" I said, "The guy wanted a, a half inch, so I figured half inch." Three four cents, an inch. I cut every piece. To put. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness. no! It's a half inch cut. So he, anyway, long story short, he goes talks to the guy, and the guy says, "No, I want them like this. I, no, I don't want them doing the you know to be redone anyway. Not the right way. This to me is the right way for me." And I'm like, "Wow, man, oh. something." Well, it really was. I wasn't. I wasn't onto anything, brother. I, I you know I messed up somebody's club. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but. That was my first thing of retail, and I knew retail wasn't for me at that point. Dang, man! Uh, I want to know how he hit him. That's what I'm. I'm oh, curious he was now. Bombing him. That's the problem. He was bombing him. That like the three. I'm telling you, the length of his three are. You know, there's standard length. I made it to the length of a driver by accident because I started a half inch and I cut the increments of that, the extensions by a half inch, thinking a half inch went bigger and bigger one. They should have been straight across like that. That was my story <laughs> to retail. And I knew at that point I needed to go back to Greenside because retail being locked in the store like that, having to fold shirts, having to answer weird questions about golf clubs, you know, from retail is just so different than Greenside. I like Greenside. I, I like taking that phone call. Hey, you have a tea time between 8 and 1230. I don't mind that anymore. I like it now. Well, why don't you give our viewers uh, an opportunity just to know a little bit more about you? Now, I, I, like I said, I've been an admirer of yours from afar because you used to work at Alamo Golf Club. And yes. for a lot of guys like myself, Alamo was our home. And we were there a good amount of years. And we were there all the time. We were either having a beer. We are either, ha- either having a beer there. We're on the putting green, being there, hitting some range balls at night. Or just trying to sneak on and play like nine that turn into 18 a lot of times. Uh, and so why don't you tell us how uh, 
how did you get into this game of golf? So you know the, the funny story is I got in this game when I, when uh, I first got introduced to this game as a kid. My mom's sister, my uncle, uh, was a professor, and he would take me out to Brackenbridge. And it was a funny thing. I'm here. I'm sitting here whacking golf balls at this course. I'm like looking at my uncle, like, "You like this? I mean, you, you like doing? You like doing this? It like makes no sense what, whatsoever." But he had the most enjoyment. This guy was a professor, super smart, and he would hit these beautiful shots. And at that time, I didn't understand what a good shot was. But then when I look back, I'm like. This dude was actually good. But anyway, to make a long story short, I walked away from it, got into the, you know, got, you know, moved away to California, got into the music business, got, got to being a uh, guitar teacher, started teaching guitar at, at a couple of different music stores. And I made really good money on it, but it got, I got really annoyed just teaching beginners at guitar. They were just, I didn't know how to be honest, like, hey, you're going to suck. No, no matter how much you practice at playing guitar, you're just not going to be any good. So I didn't really make a good instructor, even though I was pretty good at it. And I, people still wanted to take lessons from me. I guess the honesty brought them back. I'm like, I'm going to prove to this guy I can play. But to make a long story short, you know, I, I went towards the government sector. I did, I did my part in the government military per se, you know, and I, wa- I wanted a way to find myself, you know, and it's hard to say, you know, find myself, but I wanted to find me again. Like I lost myself at the beginning of, of when I, you know, as a kid to a teenager, to an adult, somewhere along in that line, I lost myself. And I remember going back, seeing my uncle Tony hitting golf balls and I just picked up a club and it was the weirdest thing. I picked up a club and it was this guy, Chris, and he worked at Alamo. He says, Hey dude, you're actually pretty good at this. I'm like, at what? He goes, hitting golf balls. I'm like, this is stupid. My Uncle Tony showed me how to do this. And I was, he said, no, you're actually really good. Your hand and eye coordination, you can hit shots, you can hit cuts, you can hit draws. I said, what's a cut? What's a draw? I mean, I really didn't know what he was telling me, but I thought he was really playing around with me. He goes, no, we're getting ready to have this tournament. You know, it's at Alamo. And at the time, I worked in the banking industry and I didn't really want to leave my bank job. I mean, I, didn't do nothing really. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> a cush job behind the office. And, you know, and then I, like you, like yourself, I was hanging out at Alamo and he, he says, no, dude, you're actually really good. You come out here, hit golf balls and you really don't know what you're doing. I said, no, I'm just coming to whack golf balls because this is what my uncle Tony used to do. Just come and whack golf balls. You know, and it was funny. That's when he said, you actually could be, I want you to actually go into the PGA program and become a pro because you look I'm like, I was confused, brother. I mean, I was, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm wondering, you know what? Now I'm jelly because nobody's ever come up to me and see me swing and hit golf balls and then told me that. No one's ever told me. Remember, only three people know your scorecard, brother. <laughs> only on 18 birdies. It's just 18 birdies. That's I only have three friends. Anyway, that's how I got introduced. You know, Chris got me in the, in the PJ program. I was working at Alamo. I quit my job at the bank. I was making crazy. I mean pretty good money i mean like really good money and i got into golf which the golf business doesn't pay a lot of money but what i learned from it is the love of the game just the the honesty the integrity everything that goes into golf and again it goes back to finding myself as when i got in the golf business i got in a good relationship with the head pro there you know mac wally which he was a he's a super good pga guy and then 
at the time, uh, Randy Jones was doing his apprenticeship under Mac Wiley. And then, of course, Chris came along, Chris Garcia, which was a really good friend of mine. And it's weird because when I really, really got into the golf, this kid, his name was Adam. Um, he used to sit there and pick up range balls. And this little 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid, and he's like so good. I mean, not really good, but pretty good at golf. And me and him connected really, really well. And it's He's the one who pretty much pushed me every day. Let's go play golf. I'm like, dude, golf, golf. <laughs> you want me to go whack a golf ball around? You want me to walk to it? Dude, I don't know about this, but it, it was. It's a good thing because along along that line of finding myself, I found God, and my faith came back. Yeah, I remember my faith, you know, getting instilled in me w- with my mom and my dad, and how they taught me how to treat people. I was like, wait, this is the same thing how you act on the golf course. You know, everything just made sense. The how I'm acting, you know, towards people and trying to be the gentleman, you know, and trying, you know, the integrity, the honesty, and everything that goes in golf came back full circle to my faith. And you know, I, I want to say what my mom and dad did instill, but what I've forgotten that full circle of finding myself again, I found myself in 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 the path walking towards God, you know. And it's 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 one of those things where it, it it took me from Alamo and you know through Mac Wiley what he went through with his health and through what Randy Jones went through his health I went through a similar incident incident with my health and that same little kid that I got attached to Adam became a really good little brother of mine because he would sit there and knock on my door because I know you're sick you're gonna come outside of this house and we're gonna go play golf and this little kid every day every other day. Knowing I was sick, I was at home, didn't want to get out of bed, didn't want to do anything. He would religiously come and knock on my door and says, let's go play golf. And ever since then, you know, from going from Alamo. Sorry about that. I was messing around with somebody. I got, I got some of my, some of my jerk off buddies over here. They're, they're messing with me. They're, they're commenting on here and all this stupid stuff. But what, I was going to say comedy. I want to know. <laughs> here you go hold on (laughs) they're like they're like that uh i gave (laughs) i gave somebody covid and that uh no (laughs) that they need to go check themselves because i gave one of them something (laughs) yeah they're being stupid stupid. when they ask you if you gave one of them something let me ask questions are they itching (laughs) no no itching going on no so it's not like you gave them something no, I, I think I think they, I think they gave me something. So wait, <laughs> is there like touching going on? No, six feet apart. Six feet. Well, then you couldn't have given them anything. Nothing mm-hmm. could have been transmitted unless there's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, come on, man! Come on, it's these guys. It's these jerk off guys. It's it's Jacob and 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 Jeremiah. These guys. Oh, you can't wait. Wait. Jacob and Jeremiah are both in the Bible, so you really can't call them liars. I, I'm not calling them liars. I'll just say that they're 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 fibbers. Oh, they're troublemakers. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. They are. But you know what? You always need some troublemakers. Jesus hung out with troublemakers, brother. Jacob he, and him and, and him will fit right in. I <laughs> no. The, <laughs> hey, they'll, they'll be the ringleaders. They'll be at the head of the table. All right, let's put it that way. They'll be at the head of the table. <laughs> so anyway, that's how I got in the golf business, brother. And right now, you know, I'm currently at Fort Sam Houston. I'm one of the, the golf professionals there. And it's pretty cool because I'm very, very fortunate to be around a bunch of military brothers and sisters. I, I mean, 
from every branch, from Air Force to Army to Navy to Marines and, uh, yeah, Coast Guard. But anyway, them too, they're around too. And, and I'm very fortunate because I see a lot of people of a lot of nationalities of every race, every religion, every gender, whatever genders they want to relate to. I really don't care. You know, my best friend, that kid, his name is Adam. Now he's an adult. You know, it's funny because he knows, you know, uh, I'm a Muslim and him being a Christian. It's the funniest relationship because we've had this same relationship for almost coming on 20 years. And it, it's a pretty cool relationship because we he talks about his faith. I talk about my faith. And at the end of the day, we both believe in God. You know, he has his path. I have my path. And that other guy has his path. And at the end of the day, all those paths are going to meet together. And I'm going to say he was wrong. He, he was wrong. He was wrong. And at the end of the day, like, no, dummies, that same path came to the same circle. You know, at the end of the day, that same circle is where we're at. And hopefully we all meet up as brothers. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that totally believe that we're all going to heaven. And a lot of people will argue with me that, no, that's not true. And I'm like, well. Well, you know what? I, I think, you know what? Everyone has their own philosophies and their own beliefs. And like you stated, you're at uh, you're at an awesome course though, where you run into so many walks of life from oh, people no from people from different military backgrounds and different upbringings. And I think that's what this this game is. A, a, it's a big binder. It's a big binder of all this melting pot, especially here in Military City, USA, uh, in San Antonio. You learn, you get to, you learn a lot about your playing partners. You learn a lot about the people in your group, uh, your likes and don't likes what you want to aspire to be, or, Hey man, I like, I like how this guy carries himself on the course. Yeah. I got, and, a, I got a phone call a couple of, uh, a week and a half ago about this Mexican guy driving up to number one, Salado, just bumping people. Away. <laughs> I'm looking for my friend. ESA, what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, never mind. Go ahead. No, hey, okay. All right. Now, now we talked off air about that. All right. Now that you brought it up, thank you for bringing it up. Well, okay. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, okay, that is me. That's not just you. You know what? But I stand out. Okay. I stand out. Okay. Go ahead. What were you saying? All right. So we're there. We're there. You know, you were there. You were working. You were working the front desk at that time. Yeah. I'm meeting my buddy Hutch there. And as, as I go to look for him, I see that there's all these carts there on number one at Salado course there at Fort Sam Houston. And as I'm driving by, some of these guys go, Hey man, uh, it's backed up. It's backed up. You got to wait back here. It's, it's backed up. It's backed up. And I'm like, uh, just whatever. Right. I drive by and I look for my buddy Hutch and I see, I, then I drive back around and I see he's on the putting green, but not at the top or the chipping green at the bottom. And I drive by and I drive right by them. And I said, well, Hey, thanks for letting me know. But I, nobody asked you. Yeah. I, I got that call, brother. <laughs> <laughs> And then I heard them and, and I made sure to, to I made sure to kind of stop a little bit after I passed them because I wanted to hear what they say. Hey, hit them well, buddy. Hit them well. And I said, oh, don't worry. I will. <laughs> and so and so whenever I shanked one that day or whenever I hit one OB or something, I'm like, it was those damn guys. They put some freaking some curse on me, man. Those damn jerk offs. What kind of golf balls were you using? Uh, velocity. That's the funny part. We got this this uh, this bucket of lost golf balls. Majority are velocities. <laughs> I'll take them. I'll take them. I'll take them, bro. They probably got my name. They probably they probably say return to sender on there, and they have Andy Torres' name on there. 
All right. Well, here, one maybe, I don't know. I'm not too sure if you know him. His name is Christopher Dingman. He posts, uh, it was okay that uh, he wasn't number one either. He's good to see Roberts on the show. He's a class A guy right there. Oh, I, I love know. that guy. You know, you know Chris? No, but I love him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, well, I, mean, he is a, people, he, you know, I, I come across so many people. And one of the things I've always made a habit of, of try to remember everybody's name. You know, to me, you know, I, it goes back to me being a banking business. Most banks remember people by numbers. I always try to remember people by their first names. And I've you know, come across thousands and thousands of people at, at Fort Sam and that come to the desk, that come to the pro shop, that come to check in. And I really never met a bad customer. I really never. You know, people, people, you know, in the golf business will always say, there's just always this one bad customer. But hey, brother, how are you doing today? You know, as being in the golf business, we're about customer service. And what I present and what I sell myself to is what I'm selling the golf course as. And when you say, when I hear other people in the golf business says, there's just always this one bad customer. I said, but what about you, brother? How are you doing today? You know what I mean? Because if you consider that a bad customer, then something in you that started your day negative translated into handling that customer saying he was a bad customer. I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, every time I've spoken to you, I'm blessed, brother. I'm blessed. Stay blessed. You've always said that. And, you know, it gets me whether well, I'm, because I'm, I know you're going on Salado and I know I'm going to collect the <laughs> philosophy, brother. Well, hey, I need it. That's why I need it. And but but it's just that attitude. It, it can kind of get somebody out of a crappy attitude. And that's how, that's how I am in the mornings because I teach and coach. Uh, and but I do car line duty every morning and. I, I have to take, I have to do temperature checks for all the kids in the morning. Good. And every time I see the parents are like, Hey coach, how are you doing today? I said, I said, Oh, I said, whenever you see me, it's a great day. Amen, I, brother. I said, but when you don't see me that for car line duty in the morning, that means it's an even better day and I'm on the golf course. And so they're like, Oh, so when I don't see you in the mornings, that means you're out playing golf somewhere. That means I'm taking a personal day. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here. Um, Let's see. Somebody had something. Somebody had another. Oh, yeah. That's where I seen Robert from. Fort Sam. Great guy. I don't know. I don't know if that's the same guy. I don't I don't know if that if that Robert is no, the, I love the that same guy. Robert. <laughs> I'll give you, you know, one of the things I've learned, brother, in the customer service business, being in the golf business, and it, and it relates to, I don't know, uh, people that go through PTSD, because when they see a, a, psychi a psychiatrist or a psychologist, they always give this analogy of drawing a five-foot circle around you and saying, in that five-foot circle, you control everything in it. And outside of it, you don't. I've come to learn that in my five-foot circle, I can make every putt. And everybody that's inside that circle is going to enjoy me making putts. And it's so funny because my circle keeps on big, bigger and bigger. It's almost 10. It's almost 15. I can make 20-foot putts. And it's, it, it's not that I'm a good putter. It's I'm surrounding myself with good people, you know, and when I say good people, I like the customers that go to Fort Sam. I like the guys that just come and roam around the pro shop, not even going to play golf. that just wants to talk about golf. And, you know, sometimes I look, you know, we're not going to lie. Every PJ guy, every golf professional, we look at people on the range. I'm like, dude, 
<laughs> we sit there, we bet dollars on which way the golf ball. Oh, damn. Well, you know what? I need to, I need to, I need to bet. I love, I'm about that action life. I need to, I need to tell me, you send me a text and tell me, tell me when you're going to be betting okay, and I'll so be there at the shop. Remember that first shot you hit on Salado and you went way right? You know what? I got twenty bucks from that brother. Oh, just, to let, just to let you know, we were all, we were all betting the golf ball was going to go. You know, in the same way, same way at Loma. It's you know, and it's again. These are people that I come across that I, I love. These people because they always walk up to the tips. I'm like, dude, you don't hit it that long, brother. Go, go, go up, go up, play up, play go up, play up. But anyway, it's fun, and I, I like coming across all sorts of people, dude, on the golf people, especially the people that tell me that they're a 10.5 handicap or a 10.8 handicap. And they keep it on this golf logic app. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. That's that's why I get that's why I use 18 birdies because it's free. That's why. You have three witnesses. I do. I do. One of them's on here is is Hutch. Another one's on here, Jeremiah. And I think the third is is my buddy Odie, but I don't know if he's on here. So And they'll vouch for you? Uh, oh yeah, they'll vouch for me. They know I shoot in the the high high eighties, low nineties. <laughs> that, that's the number I was looking for, bro. That's okay. Well, I, well, honestly, I'm gonna tell you, uh, my buddy that's on here giving me a bunch of crap, Jeremiah. Uh, he's number one on my Venmo because he likes to send me a lot of money after the golf rounds, if you know what I'm saying. And so. Uh, I always, whenever he says, "Hey, let's play," I'm like, "Oh hell yeah, let's play! Let's 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 do it!" Like definitely, like bro, you've been paying for my rounds, you've been paying for my kids, uh, you know, kids' birthday parties. I'm like, man, dude, you've been putting a lot of lot of money in my pocket, you know. So, oh, of course, I'll go play with you. I like Jeremy too. <laughs> Jeremiah, he's good. He's good. All right, and my my buddy Hutch. I don't know if you can see these. My buddy Hutch said, uh, and you know, Albert Hutchins. I can't express the gratitude I have for both of you. Robert is a Robert has a great way of teaching and dumbing down even for a guy like me. Hutch is good people, brother. Good people. Oh, man. I came across that dude, at, you know, for the Fairways for Warriors. Those guys mean so much to me. That, that I don't know if you – you know about the program, and a lot of people need to get aware of that program, what the Fairways for Warriors does for people. Because a lot of times, you know, there was a guy – I'm not going to mention his name out of respect because I love that guy so much that – he committed suicide and he was part of that program. And that dude touched a lot of people's lives. And, you know, the fairways for wars, if we can get those brothers to bond a little bit more, to uh, interact a little bit more, to open up and to talk to each other more and, more and express what they're going through, because they, everybody knows what you're going through. You, you're handling it all the wrong, you know, some people handle it differently and some people, you know, box it in. And it, it again, it's how everybody handles, but if, that one person can be there for that one other guy when he that phone call is made or just when you see that sign that they're trying to reach out because PT, you know, PTSD isn't no joke, but it, it isn't. And, and the suicide rate within our, our military is at an all time high. And sometimes we and I'm going to say we sometimes we all fail to see those signals, those hints, that person reaching out, you know, and again, if. Don't be that person that ignores that phone call at 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in the morning. Even if the guy's calling you drunk, you know, answer that call. I promise you, brother. 
you'll make a difference. And I think that's why I, I totally agree with you. I think that's a big reason why I'm a believer in what fairways, an organization like fairways for warriors does, because it was my first day out. And I think it was after a bad storm that Fort Sam was unable to host them out here. I think it was maybe like a year or two ago, there was a real bad storm. And so I know a lot of trees, y'all had a lot of, I think y'all spent the day, you know, fixing the course. Right. And so we were out at uh, gateway Hills <clears throat> and that's where I first met the guys. And they were on a conference call with their chapter in Florida. And I think his name was uh, Clint. Clint or, good people. Yeah. Clint. Yeah. Good dude. I got, I got an opportunity to play with him. He was on a conference call with their chapter in Florida and he was talking about the, the suicide rates per, you know, per veterans. And it hit home with my dad being in the military, uh, being, you know, fighting in Vietnam and seeing what just a, a program like this can do for, for these people that give us so much that have given us so much. And I really made a good connection with Hutch. Hutch is one of my good buddies and I'm super thankful because you know what? I know he, he, I know he struggles, but I know he does a lot of his part to include a lot of his brothers and keep an eye on brothers and keep tabs and he's paying it forward. And I see what golf golf has been therapeutic for my dad without him knowing it. And I see all the good things that there's a bunch of good group of people, these fairways for warriors and Steven Escobedo now that runs it. I always want to help them out because you, man, you know, this is a great game. Ever, do you ever see Steven? That thing's been hunting a whole a dude. Whole hey, lot. he's a good shot, man. He's a good shot. He doesn't have to remind everybody that he used to be a cop, right? He doesn't have to remind and a marine. He doesn't have to remind everybody. Well, you threw out that cop first. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, he like he likes to he likes to talk tell us a lot of stories, man. We're out there on the course, you know. Good stuff, brother. Real good stuff. Well, thank you, Robert. Again, man, uh, I appreciate appreciate what you do, and I'm super pumped up. So, tell me, how many years did you serve in the army? Uh, yeah, coming. I did almost four. And, I did four and a half years. I wanted to do more. It took its toll on my heart, you know. And, and when I elected to get out of the mil military sector, I stayed in touch with everybody from leadership, you know, and. With, without me knowing the inside of what hap what happens and what goes on in that sector, I would never appreciate where I'm at right now. It's, it, it's come full circle, meaning I had a choice at one point to leave Fort Sam to go to a private country club and be a head pro and get all this money. And, and it's, it's a funny, to me, I, I call it my testimony. You know, we have the, this, this tournament every first Friday of the month called the, the Wounded Warrior Tournament. And there's this guy that used to go every, you know, every other day and bang golf balls. And I got to know him really well. And his name was Mike. And I won't say his last name out of respect. And Mike used to go bang balls, come in the pro shop, shoot the, you know, breathe with me. And, you know, he used to play the Wounded Warrior Tournament all the time. And one Wounded Warrior Tournament, I get on the loudspeaker and say, hey, those of you that are playing the Wounded Warrior Tournament, please report your golf carts. And Mike, of all people, kept on hitting golf balls, kept hitting, hitting ball. I'm like, this, mm -mm, Mike, I'm going to have a talk with you, brother, after the tournament because of, of, of all people, you're not listening to me. Get to your golf cart, brother. Everybody else loads their golf carts, take off, and Mike's banging balls, and finally he gets in his golf cart, and he takes off, and he plays the tournament. So anyway, I'm sitting in the pro shop. Everybody's turning in their, their scorecards, and here comes Mike. You know, 
And Mike was a Marine. And I said, Mike, come here, brother. He goes, what's up? I said, dude, when I get on that loudspeaker, brother, and I tell you for everybody that's playing the tournament, report your golf cart. Don't do that to me. Don't disrespect me, brother. And it was the funniest thing over ever. It happens. He leans over the counter and says, Robert, I got blown up by an ID. I have no eardrums. I'm just, I feel like that. Dude. I feel so, stunning. I'm so humbled that I don't know what to tell the guy. It gets better, brother. This It gets really, it gets really good. So Mike goes and, he, you know, I don't know if you know, but we feed them after the tournament. I know because uh, luckily enough, Hutch has invited me. I've played in a couple. I won a Marine belt for my dad. Awesome. Afterwards. Awesome. Thank so, God. Yeah. So the, the, the story goes is uh, we go feed them, right? And I'm back there and I'm getting ready to do the awards. You know how we draw the tickets and mm-hmm. we give the prices out like that. And Mike comes up to me and says, hey, Robert, my wife and my two kids are here. Can they eat? I'm like, dude, they can have everything. <laughs> Throw everybody out at this point because I feel like that again. Anyway, <laughs> so he introduced me to his wife and his two kids, blah, blah. And I tell the wait staff, hey, make sure they eat. Make sure they get whatever, right? So anyway, after I do the awards, I go back to the pro shop. I'm walking back. And then here comes Mike down that long hallway, right? And I said, Mike, oh, my goodness, what is this guy? I mean, I already feel so bad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm yelling at the guy not knowing he got blown up from an IED. hasn't doesn't have eardrums. He's reading my lips in re- reality, right? So he comes to the pro shop and says, hey, Robert. I said, what's up, Mike? He goes, do you believe in God? And I'm like, I do, Mike, with all my heart, brother. I believe in God. He goes, you know, when my uh, oldest daughter was born, you know, I went, I had got deployed. So I really never, per se, heard her voice or heard her talk. But when I was introducing you to my wife, you know, and to them, I heard her voice through you saying, Daddy, Daddy. That blew me away, brother. Wow. It, it, it blows me away because that night, you know, I go and I have dinner and I'm sitting there you know, talking to other people that I'm having dinner with and they're complaining how loud the noise is at this restaurant and how people, the kids beside them are screaming and everybody was talking so loud. I just sat there and like, you know, I don't think we understand what we take for granted. You know, the, the simple act of hearing this noise of this beautiful noise. I'm thinking about my brother that I knew that day that Fort Sam was for me, that God made me, that place for me and that country club job that offered me this big position with this large sum of money wasn't about money. I got, you know, I said, you know, wow, God, I'm humble, dude. I'm humbled. And every time that I see a wounded warrior out there and I see whether he's an amputee, you know, you'll see different kind of injuries. It, it humbles you in a way, brother, that I, I can't tell you, I can't describe, you know what I mean? And, and you'll know the guys that are suffering really bad from PTSD. But the minute they walk in that pro shop, brother, their eyes light up, the, the, the smile they give you. And, and again, it, it goes back to there's no bad customers, you know. It, you know, it, it, if we can all relate to that in the golf business and say everybody's going through something that day, you know, whether it's good or bad. And what if it's bad? They're coming to the golf course to have a good time. Why are you making it worse? Why are you making it worse? You don't know why that person's a single today. You don't know why he wants to play as a single today. You don't know why he doesn't want to join anybody. But at the end of the day, it, it, being in the golf business, it's our job to make his day that much better. If we can make that person smile, we can just give him that, 
that simple smile saying, hey, dude, it's going to be okay. Welcome to the golf course. Go have fun. Here's some velocities that my buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, dude, I'm telling you, you better keep them for me, bro. I mean, that's that's, that's the ball I play. I I get some good role and I still get some forgiveness. And, man, I need to go back and get those. And, and, And it goes back to Hutch. You know, when I say Hutch, Hutch is a good guy. Because oh, he, dude, he, he's badass, man. He's badass. Yeah, he, no, he, 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 there was this thing called fling golf. I don't know if you ever seen it. Yeah, with Dave Roberts, right? Yeah, yeah, with Dave Roberts. Yeah. Well, anyway, Hutch tried to do it. Stay with golf, Hutch. He's a baseball player. He plays like, he plays like hardball, like hardball, you know? He's, he's really – Good people, brother. Uh, dude, he's, he's the man. And when we played out there at Gateway Hills – I was kind of, you know, testing the waters. I, I, I knew Beto and from from coaching against him because he coached at St. Anthony's Middle School, golf, uh, their golf team. And so I just knew him and I know his kids went to Antonian High School. And so, you know, I knew him previously. Well, I said, you know what, I'm just going to play it cool, kind of see how it goes. Well, sure enough, Hutch starts giving me crap, you, you know, like, you know, like military guys like to do. You know, they started calling me this sack and this bag, you know, and this hat, you know, that and the other. And so I'm just like, you know what? I think these guys might be my speed, you know. And so I started giving them the business back. And I think they kind of saw that, hey, this guy, this guy's this guy's cool. This guy could be one of us. You know, (laughs) this guy can play with us. Did you show him your handicap? (laughs) But he's, he's Hutch is one of my Hutch is one of my three friends. So he's a, he knows. So he knows. Never mind the golf logic guy. Okay, he knows it. Now, now, Robert, tell me what's some of your biggest successes that you've had in this game of golf as, on that coaching side. I love teaching. There, I mean, here, here's here's the deal. Okay, and when it comes to the coaching side, there's two different type of teachers. Okay, there's that band aid teacher. That guy that's just going to give you a Band-Aid and that's going to give you a quick fix. and But on that golf course one day, that Band-Aid is going to come off and you're going to be gushing blood. and You're going to be back to your doubles, your, your triples, I mean your quads. You're going to be losing a lot of velocity golf balls. Or there's that second teacher that actually wants to help you. See, and the, that's my issue. Like when in the beginning I was telling you about the PGA. The PGA gives you this binder and they says, this is how you turn a student into a customer. I don't need a customer. I need a student, somebody that's going to listen. And it's easy for me, you know, being a success is I can only be as successful as the person that I'm teaching puts into the game. And I tell that to people. When people approach me for lessons, there's there's three other instructors at Fort Sam. And, you know, when people run into me and I'm behind the counter, says, hey, do you give lessons? I said, yeah, there's three other guys that give lessons. And they say, well, do you give lessons? I said, well, how often do you practice? And the guy says, you know, maybe once a month. I'm like, Take this guy's card. (laughs) But if the guy says, no, I practice, you know, three or four times a week, I said, that's my guy. That's my student. And I tell every guy, my my success is based on me giving you one or two lessons. Because if I tell you everything that has to do with the golf swing, because it's really not that hard. When people say there's a secret to it, it, there really is. It's very simple. And it's not based on somebody's, you know, whether everybody has their own swing. Everybody has their own personal swing plane. Everybody, everybody bottoms out that golf club totally different. And I, I like the philosophy of teaching people based on their ability. 
based on their physique, based on you might not be able to turn like that 18 year old kid, that 50 year old guy might not. It, it, so I try to base my success on the, if I can give you one lesson, I did my job. If I give you two lessons, I'm trying to do my job. If I give you three lessons, I'm my brother. Uh, MWR offers uh, swimming lessons. It's a funny thing because when some people, I, I, I'm really blunt. When people ask me for a lesson, my success, I tell them all at the end of the day, can you dance? Well, not really. I'm not a good dancer. Okay, so you don't have rhythm. You don't have tempo. So we're going to have a little bit of issue teaching you a good, smooth golf swing, right? But if you can dance, you have tempo and you have rhythm. The musicians are the best ones for me to teach. You know what I mean, and then I've had a lot of success with military guys. Military guys are so easy to teach golf to because it, they understand. Look, you're going to be really horrible right now, and that's the crawl. And eventually, you start going to be able to hit the ball pretty well, but not good. But you're going to be able to chip. That's the walk part. When you come to the running part which is the highest success you're going to get in PT training where you can crawl, walk, and run is when you're going to be hitting your driver 250, 260. You're going to be getting those scores. Those bogeys are going to come to pars, and some of the pars are going to turn to you know, birdies. And you're going to be successful. You know, if, if you want to have a game plan and you want to become successful, it's going to be based on you and what you put into the game of golf. And that's how I feel I base myself on success, on the individual, on the student. I'm not a Band-Aid teacher. I'm not going to say, hey, just do this for a while, and it's going to work for a while. If you really want to fix it, I'm going to tell you, hey, let's fix it. It's probably going to take one or two lessons. I'm going to give you a lot of information, but you'll be able to be your own instructor, and you'll be able to teach yourself, and you'll be able to fix yourself versus that guy. Let me give you a series of five lessons. I tell that guy, if you're giving somebody five lessons, you suck as an instructor. Well, being a coach, uh, that's one thing I constantly tell my kids, like when shooting a basketball, I said, you have to be able to understand why it went this way or why the ball went this way or why it went short or why it went too long. I said, you have to be able to correct yourself. If you could fix yourself, I said, you're going to be okay. I said, there's a thing, it's called the ball flight laws. If you look it up, you know, golf, golf ball flight laws, and it tells you what makes the ball do different things. And it's not so much the funky swing, the loopy swing. It's, at impact and everything that happens at impact, just like at pull, when you hit a pull shot, that cue, that cue ball, you can make it spin back, spin sideways, do all this. And the same, golf is the same way, brother. And it's like you, like you, like you were saying, understanding why the golf ball goes that way. But you know, in basketball, you do you teach basketball, right, brother? Yes, sir. But now just think about this. Think about a guy throwing a a free throw. And you've got thousands of people yelling at him, miss, miss. And, you know, you son of a motherless goat, you know, and all these funny things that they're going to say to him. And he's so focused. There he goes. He's so focused on that. And it's the same thing I tell people at the end of the day. On your golf shot, if you can do what that NBA, that kid, you know, making those free throws at, at the corner, you know, you know, courts is doing, that little bit of focus that they have, if you were to do that over your golf shot, you're going to be a scratch golfer. Dang. Well, then I'm on my way. No, 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 no. There's only three people that can verify your score, brother. All right, Robert. Now, I'm super curious. I want to hear about your student, Olivia. Oh, no, no. Because I'm going to tell you, because you know what? I, I've seen your Instagram post. I've seen her swing. And then I'm friends with Mike Romanowski and Jeff Young. Mm-hmm. And so they've also posted about her as well through their Mach 3, through their, you know, through their uh, swing speed uh, classes and stuff. And I'm just like, 
dude, this is Robert. This is, I was like, I saw that and I was like, that's Robert. I was like, I could have sworn. I was like, she looks so familiar. I was like, cause I see her there hanging around the golf shop. I see her at the range at times and I see her. And then I said, you know what? That's Robert's student. And then they mentioned on there, one of Robert's, Robert, you know, Vasquez's student at Fort And I was just like, okay, boom, makes sense. Okay. So, so Livy's been, Livy's been, her dad, first of all, is a PGA instructor. He's, he's, he works for Air Force Golf, which is uh, a sector that manages all the golf courses, all the military golf courses. Anyway, to make a short story short, her dad does the junior clinics there at Fort Sam, okay. which is free to every junior. We offer free clinics to every junior golfer because our main mission as, as golf instructors, as a, you know, being in the government military sector, is to pass the game forward, to play the game forward, to get juniors involved. Because at the end of the day, you and me are not the future of golf. I mean, let's be honest. It's going to be. Unfortunately. You know unfortunately. Wow. You got a 10-point handicap, brother. 10-4. 10.4. All right. Let's get it straight, bro. Okay, so anyway, those, those junior golfers, you know, Livia, you know, she's been playing for two years, and her dad's a PGA guy, and he comes up to me and says, hey, Robert, because uh, I had this other kid. His name is Jordan Anderson. I'm going to mention his name. That kid, Jordan Anderson, is just one of – probably one of my favorite of all-time favorites besides before I met Livia because this kid was like Livia. He hung out at the golf course every day. He was banging balls every day. He would say, how do I get better? I said, do you see that short game area there, Jordan? I just want you to chip for three or four hours and don't come and ask me for a lesson until you can chip until you can hit every hole. And we talked about proximity. Anyway, uh, Livia came, you know, her dad came to me and says, Hey, uh, I'm having a hard time teaching my own daughter. And I know you're good building collegiate golfers. And I said, you know, how dedicated is she? You know, you know, does she want to play golf? You know, cause there's helicopter parents, brother, and they force their kids to play golf and he goes she's pretty dedicated he goes i'll let you talk to her so she comes up to me and says i know what you did with jordan you know which they're both they both go to churchill and jordan was the number one player on churchill and he was pretty rank high up there in the state of texas and she goes i want to be like jordan she was i want to have that same game that same mentality the same short game the same putting everything you know that you did with him and she started mentioning other juniors that i worked with and their success rate and what i i've done with the junior golfers and I said, Libby, how often do you practice? She goes, how often do you want me to practice? <laughs> so, you know, she hits balls every day. She has the same practice regimen that she goes and she'll chip. And, and just for me, just to see a female that has more drive than most male golfers. She's out there banging balls. She's out there chipping. She's out there putting. And when she came to me from her dad, remember her dad is a PGA instructor. She was hitting in the 90s and some peaking up in the high 80s. And, and she came to me and we brought her all the way down from those numbers. And now she hit 76, 75, 74, 72, 71, 70. And she's hitting the red numbers. And she's got that itch already for that red number. She's, she doesn't go into a tournament anymore, anymore thinking she just wants to play good. She goes into a tournament saying, I'm going to win. She wants, and she wants to go low. She wants to go no, low doing it. She doesn't think about low. She just thinks about, I want to win that tournament. She, she's out there not just to beat the field. She's out there to beat the golf course and try to beat her best score the last time she shot. And she's one of my – she's probably right now, and I'm going to say it 
to everybody. She's probably my favorite student because not only does she absorb everything I teach her as, as far as golf, she's out there helping other people with their golf swing. And she doesn't ask anything from, they'll see her banging balls and they'll say, Hey, do you mind looking at my swing? And she'll tell them. And I sit there and listen to her and say, wow, this kid actually listened to everything I taught her. And now she's teaching other people. And it, it's a beautiful thing because she has several different universities that are looking at her right now. And she has the, the, you know, the wear and thought to say, Hey, I don't want to go there. I want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to, she has choices right now. It's a beautiful thing to see happening to her especially being a female golfer and again i can't stress how much she is my favorite student i, I had i had ty roberts on the show i had dave roberts son on here and even uh, no uh, dave roberts uh ty yeah. ty roberts and you know he he's got incredible junior golf numbers you know he's won i think right now he's at 125 junior golf tournament wins victories and it, that's the same thing you know that i heard from him is that he's not concerned with with going low he's concerned with with winning he's concerned with beating the course and it seems like those great players that's the attitude they have they have that idea of i'm gonna beat the course it's me against the course not me against somebody else yeah you, you know, the, the thing i tell all every junior golfer i tell them I'm going to tell you the easiest way to play golf and golf is 18 games, you know, all individual, all unique. And the designer of that golf course, he made each hole differently. And all you have to do is go out there and either beat the game by parring it, birdie it and just embarrass the designer. If you bogey it, the designer of that course wins. So if you go into it and play in 18 different games and around the golf, and once you add up those numbers, you're going to see you shot a low number because you only paid attention to one hole at a time and one score at a time and trying to beat that individual game. And I think that mentality for, you know, the majority of my junior golfers that have ingrained that mentality, they go out there trying to beat each game like a video game saying there's 18 games in this round of golf and I'm going to try to beat each one. And when they look at that scorecard, they're like, holy cow, I shot a good number. I'm like, that's because you played 18 games, not one game. I, I like the way you look at it. I, I'm trying to think. And I said, damn, you know, I just, what I like to do the night before I play a course, I like to try to play the, the course out in my mind. And I guess it helps me go to sleep because I'm like, shoot, I don't even remember playing 18 in my head. Where do you and, buy all, where do you buy the majority of these velocity golf balls from? Well, let me show you. I'm going to show you real quick here. Hold on. I found this one girl on Facebook that she's selling these velocity golf balls. She was selling a dozen, uh, $8 per dozen. And I said, how many do you have? She says, I have about 10 dozen. I told her, I'll take them all. Holy cow. And, now we, and the funny part is we got the other half of them at Fort Sam. <laughs> you got a third of them. You got a third of them. Okay, let's be realistic. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, these balls came in great freaking shape. I mean, I'd say they're... They're what are they? The top grade of you know ball or whatever. I don't know what the grades are, but for used balls, whatever. And I said, how did you get these? Because these are in great freaking shape. And she said, well, somebody who works at a golf course sells them to to me, and then I resell them. And I said, shoot, 
They said, okay, collect another 10 dozen. And when you have them, just let me know. Boom. I'll buy them. Let me, let me, give, uh, let me give a shout out to Mock Speed. Those guys know what they're doing, brother. Oh, no. They're awesome, man. They're awesome. Jeff uh, and Sarah and Mike, uh, dude, they're the best. Yeah. I, was about, I was about to ask you, what did you think about when you, when you went out there? What did you think about that? You know, the thing is, is everybody was talking about this. You know, hey, mock speed, mock speed, mock this. You know, I'm like, you know, you can get your swing speed fast, you know. And, you know, and a lot has to do with your physical ability. It's how much you can turn, how much you can stretch, et cetera, you know, and you know, I heard a bunch of golfers chit chatter about this mock speed, mock speed. So I reached out to Mike originally, right? And I said, "Hey, Mike, you know, I'm, you know, I want to attend some of your classes, you know, and tell me a little bit about it." And you know, he 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 got into it and told me about what they do and what it consists of. And he asked me a little bit myself. And once I told him, you know, I was a golf professional, he went into the the mode like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait, are you going to steal my program?" I'm like, dude, why? <laughs> I'm a golf professional. I teach golf. I don't teach speed training, right? And he was a little bit leery about me attending. And you know, I gave him. I gave him some names. You know, I hate to do it. Name drop. I, you know, I name dropped. Okay. He called <laughs> me back. You know, he, we got off the phone call. He called me back less than ten minutes. Says, "No, Robert. Okay, I want you to go." I'm like, "Well, okay. I don't know who we talked to or what what got said to him because yeah, I want you to go." So I said, "Okay." I, I, he gives me Jeff's number, right? And He's thinking that it was just for me. Well, it was really for Olivia. I wanted Olivia, you know, because, again, through this whole, you know, these last probably 20, you know, and probably longer, extended more, maybe more long. I'm going to say longer before I notice the inequality in, in gender equality. And when you when you looked at, you know, through the, tra the transgression of females, okay, and I'm I'm a big, big, big supporter of, gender equality so it, it gets it gets easier because i'm saying here's a girl that has the drive the enthusiasm she wants to be a pro golfer she wants to go collegiate and she wants to be a pro golfer she wants to make a difference in people's lives and just you know being a good person on and off the golf course and i said you know i'm going to invest a little bit so i i i got jeff's number from mike and i called jeff i said yeah i want to go out there but i also want to bring one of my students and his he just listened to him. He was, what? No way. I got a golf instructor and a student at the same time. I'm like, yeah. And Jeff, just his enthusiasm made me want to go that day. But, I, you know, of course, we had to set up a meeting and stuff like that. And when we first got there, he, we did a series of drills. And it was just probably the coolest thing I've ever been through. Because not just the system of, 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 of mock speed. But the presentation of Jeff himself, it, it goes back to that, what I'm saying in the golf business, and, and, and I'll transpire to, to Jeff, is that customer service. That dude made me and Olivia felt so welcome. He, he made it seem like he knew us already, that we, heard he, we were his friends already. He knew about him. I mean, he was just one of those guys that was a cut in the customer service business, and he, he handled himself to the way that, if I wanted somebody to represent me in, in my business, that's the kind of guy I would want, you know, and he, you know, again, going through the training and stuff like that, I knew that me and Olivia were going to keep on attending here and, and, and to see Olivia's numbers start one way and to see him go up and go up and go up and go up. I'm a firm believer. And, and it wasn't really for me. 
I had a challenge with, with Olivia. I said, Olivia, let's see who numbers who can get faster as far as the golf swing, the teacher or the student. And I just see Olivia's numbers. Duh, 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 duh. And, you know, Robert's like, oh, uh, uh, uh. She's a kid, brother. You know, I'm like, good, good Lord. <laughs> you know, and, and Jeff will tell you her progression and, you know, where she's at right now is just ridiculous, brother. Because when the, when a girl hits it further than you, brother, and she's five foot three, it, it it proves to you it has nothing to do with size. It really has nothing to do with height. It has nothing to do with how heavy you are, how bulky you are. It has to pretty much do with speed. You know what I mean? And Jeff- well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that because I'm five four, and I'm not a big dude. And I read so, your bio, brother. It said five three. Uh, that, it's I'm five four on good days, and 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 every day lately it's been a good day. So I'm five four. And so Jeff Jeff is an awesome guy. I've I've played a couple of rounds of golf with him. Uh, I frequently talk to him. He's a good dude. I, I've I've attended some of their some of their five a.m. workouts, and I, I wish I could just go more. I wish I had more time to to make it there. I, yeah, I wish I, I did. I, as as a golf instructor, I, most golf instructors would say, "Hey, take a golf lesson." You know what I mean, if if you're uh, probably a seven to a twenty handicap to a scratch. To a pretty good golfer, I would still highly recommend mock speed training, brother. It, 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 it's, it made, it's made a difference in my golf swing, but to see it work in the grass concept of a teenager like Olivia to where she's progressed and she's hitting the ball further, I'm a firm believer in it, brother. And Jeff is an outstanding dude, an outstanding dude. I can't, you know, I, I can't stress it enough. That dude's a, cool, a true badass. The, they're great they're great people in this game of golf and any any and everybody that i've spoken to and that is wants to increase their speeds you know they, they want to do uh with the swing speed the the sticks or you know those clubs i said hey man th- those are like those are some heavy tools you know those are you could hurt yourself by using those you know uh, i like a lot of the cool tools they have the black mamba the the rafter they have the you know the jet stick or whatever you know they they have all these cool names you know for all these all these different apparatuses they have and they're good guys and anybody that i talk to i always try to send them to them i wish i I truly wish that i could be there uh, be there more i I really do because uh you know the proof is in the pudding and those numbers have gone up and and that's from golfers it doesn't matter what age they are everyone has improved their swings 100 brother 100 percent. i agree all right now on a little lighter note what's your favorite golf movie oh you, you know, I don't really have a favorite golf movie. You know, it, it's one of those things that I play a lot of golf. And I play a lot of golf with a lot of different people. And I've seen some people hit some funky shots that are going to make me laugh. And some people that just do some outrageous, like, shots that I never, like, I, I would see a pro hit. So when, when, I, when people ask me, do you have a favorite golf movie? I said, I play golf every day. Every day is a movie to me, dude, because I can, I can see a general that I play, and I won't name the general's name. I've seen him move his ball. I've seen him cheat. I mean, that's the best movie I've ever seen today. <laughs> <laughs> I play with some really good sergeant major. I play with this one sergeant major a lot. And this guy, uh, on, on hole number 13 on Loma, I'm standing by my golf cart, and he's at the tee box. And he shanks a driver. He literally hits me on the head and hits the cart, bounce around. I'm like, that's the best movie I've seen today. 
You know what I mean? Because I've had a lot of good time playing golf. So I don't really per se I have a favorite golf movie. Every day is a good golf movie to me, brother, because I hear people come in, say I shot, you know, so-and-so under par. Dude, you shot 85 last week, and you're telling me you shot 69 this week? It, no. You know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things I really don't have a, a favorite golf movie. I try to look at every day that I'm on a golf course, that I'm playing golf, and I'm having fun with somebody else, and I play just with strangers on the golf course. Every day is a good movie for me, brother. All right. What's your favorite course here in town? Uh, and, and I don't want you to say Fort Sam. Uh, what would you say is your favorite course here around town or in the South Texas area? So if, I, if, if, if I'm in San Antonio, I get stuck playing one of the courses in San Antonio. I'm going to go to Santerra North and I'm going to play the Santerra North course. That's probably my favorite course. If, if I wanted to go hang out with guys and be, make it a little bit more spiritual, I'm going to go to Breck, you know, because Breck is one of those courses that I find real spiritual. And I, and I, I find my connection just walking those fairways. It's a short course. So I can walk it with friends and I, I can hang out with friends and I can talk to friends and BS with friends. So, you know, I'm going to put Santerra North as my first course. And I'm going to say, I want to go to the second course I would say would be Brackenbridge, you know, and the, the, the third course is always going to be, you know, my home course, which is Salado. I love Salado. You know, I'm not going to say, I'm going to go to Loma. I'm going to say, if I go to Salado and, you know, and, I have to go use the restroom and I go in the woods and I'm looking down. I see a velocity ball. I'm like, whoa. Hey, <laughs> You're not going to let me live it down, are you? You're no. not going to let me live it down. <laughs> I'm just saying, but no, no, in general, if I had a favorite golf course, it would be Santerra North. And if it had something to do where people want to talk and have a good time and just, you know, have that spiritual connection, I'm going to go to Brack, you know, and uh, of course, if I just want to hang out and try to make money off the guy that says I want to beat the golf price, let's go to Salado. Oh, yeah. I mean, you really have to know how to play that. You really know have to know how to play that course. Oh, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Like you said, I hit it right. Well, you know what? That was a lie because I took out driver and I hit it and I tried to go left. You hit the fence? You hit the oh, fence? Yeah. I didn't find it, so... I think I got caught in those bushes. You know, I saw a lot of range balls. So, you know what? Normally, that's what I, I play with range balls, too. If it says practice on it, those are the ones I use, too. No, we found those, too. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I love Santerra North. And, and, and out of all the people I've had on the course, I think, I think you're the first one to say that that's their favorite course, one of their favorite courses here in town. I think it's such it's such a challenging course. I can't remember what hole it was, but it was on the back. Oh man, or maybe the front. It's the one hole, the par the par five that has all the bunkers surrounding it. That's a it's got a, one, brother. That's beautiful. That's a, that's on the back nine. It's on the back. Okay, it's got a it's got a, a it's got a fairway bunker on the left, another fairway bunker on the right, and I don't know how many bunkers it has surrounding it. But I'm going to tell you, I went from I hit. Hit in the, I hit in that ferry bunker, and then I hit out of that out, and then I hit to another bunker, and then I hit to another bunker, and then I hit to the side of it, another bunker. And I say, you know what? That I was literally going to quit the damn game of golf from that hole. Well, you're lane seven, of course. If you're, if you're lane <laughs> and I'm not even on the green. I'm not even on the green. So, no, no. I, I like, you know, Santerra is real special to me, and only before, only be because I use Santerra as, as a metaphor. You, like you just said, Santerra is pretty hard. 
and it, it's got bunkers and it's it's one of the hardest courses in San Antonio. I think a little bit harder than TPC, just my opinion, from the tips. And you look at all these bunkers, right? And you look at all these hazards on that golf course. And I tell myself, spiritually, I want to avoid those hazards in life like I avoid the hazards on the golf course. And if I get in the hazard in life or in the golf course, it's about how I can create a beautiful recovery. Not so much about how do I get out or who's looking at me. It's how do I make it so much of a beautiful shot that I'm going to enjoy the shot. Even if I went from one bunker to another bunker to another bunker to another bunker to another bunker. And I'm laying seven. I'm going to still tell myself it's about that beautiful recovery that I need to get on this green to save my eight, to save my nine. I mean, of course, I don't get that high of a number, but I'm just saying – well, you see what I'm saying, but at the end of the day, it's about the, it's about the beautiful recovery. I mean, because we can go, we can all say almost is our favorite course because it's a wide open course and you can pretty much hit the ball. You can hook it. You can slice it. You can go anywhere and you can still have a shot in, in, into the green. But at the end of the day, give me that challenge. You know, the same, the same challenge that I go through live, you know, as the same challenge that I want to go on the golf course and I want to make it, each shot a beautiful recovery. And I, I, I want to have that adversity. I, I want to have that challenge. So Santerra North is, is the course for me. And I've always played it well. Don't ask me why. I've always played that course well. Now, I love the way you use a lot of metaphors in, in the game of golf. And I think that's one, one thing that really, like, that, that drew me to you. Because I, I do see a lot of your posts on Instagram. And you're very positive. You are. You're a very positive person. And I've learned over the years that – I'm more pulled in towards towards positive people because at a lot of times, a lot of my friends know me, I could be really negative or critical. And um I, I like to stir I like to stir the pot. That I'm that guy. Like that's okay. That's I, okay. I, I'm that guy that it, I feel like it's hard to rattle me, but uh I like to ra- I like to push buttons and I like to poke the bear. Well, you and know, <laughs> you know Here's the thing, what, what, what I say, you know, about metaphors. And when I, I use a lot of golf metaphors when I give lessons to, to everybody. And it's one of the first things I ask, you know, do you believe in God? And if they say, yeah, I believe in God, I can use a lot of spiritual, you know, and metaphors towards their golf game. You know, and if they say don't believe in God, you know, we'll go in somewhere else. And I'll ask personal questions before we go into the lesson and say, hey, what do you do for a living? What do you like? What sports? And I can always use a metaphor that's going to relate to the, to the game, to the game of golf. You know, and it's I tell everybody at the day, I don't care if you're religious, if you're not religious, I don't care. But if you're religious, there is a messenger for every religion and every way of life. And I ask him, did you receive your messenger's message? Because I did. And it's to be, you know, treat everybody like you want to be treated. And everybody has that same message. And, you know, at the end of the day, we ask ourselves, we're in the customer service business in life. I'm trying to affect that person's life in a positive way. You know, uh, if I can smile at at a complete stranger, to me, that's a true blessing I can give that person because... I don't know what that person's going through that day, but if I can make a difference, if we can all simply take that time of that day to, to talk to a stranger, to acknowledge a stranger, to simply say hi, to simply say, hey, have a good day, hey, you know, have a blessed day, you know, and that person would probably do the same thing for somebody else. And if that, if it can be a trickle effect but that we can all treat each other like, like equals and, you know, one of the, the 
common prayers that I have that I say every night, you know, and it's probably really weird that I say it. I always say, God, make us all colorblind. So that way we can see all ch- each other for who we truly are, you know, and, and, and again, if we can get away from that, that way of seeing each other in, in labels, I think we'll be a whole lot better race, a human race as, as in humanity. Uh, no, man. Amen. I, I, I love hearing that because that's something I always try to teach my kids, not only just my kids, but the, the kids I teach and coach as well, is that, hey, man, uh, God made everybody not to be ordinary. You know, God made everybody special. And you have to respect others as you, you know, want people to respect you. And one thing I, I really tried, I said, you know what, if we all just loved a little bit more, a little bit harder and respected people more, I think, man, this world would grow leaps and bounds from where we're at right now. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, tr- I, I truly think that. And and that's why that's why I, I one of the first things I teach the kids when we're out on the course is I teach them golf etiquette. I said, hey, I said, you know what, you could write down a four if you got a five. I said, you sure you can sure do that. You could. I was like, but at the end of the day, you have to answer to yourself and nobody else. And I said, so you know what? That's why I love this game. It's a game of integrity. You can learn a lot by by riding in a cart with somebody. And uh, you know what? That's why. That's like I said. That's what drew me to you. I said, man, I'm. I love. I love positive people. I love. I love the positive influences because there's so much crap going on in this world today. Oh no doubt, brother. You know one of the one of the things I heard. I got this this mentor of mine. Her name is uh, Colonel Carmen. She's a full bird colonel. She's a female. And when she was retiring, she she goes, Robert, I need you to go to my retirement party. I'm like, oh, Colonel Carmen. Well, I mean, uh, I'm working at the golf course. And she goes, well, I'm going to have it at the golf course. I'm going to have it at Fort Sam. She, and I said, well, I'm going to be working that day. I tried everything to avoid because I didn't want to get put in front of a crowd. You know, because when she invited me, I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's going to go on? What's going on with her? And, you know, I remember when she was giving her, her speech, she goes, you know, I learned a lot from, from being around golf. And she goes, I learned a lot, you know, and I told her, whatever you do, don't say my name, Colonel Carmen, you know, don't, you know, don't embarrass me because I'll walk off, you know, you know, just being me, you know, uh, she goes, I learned a lot and I learned a lot from a golf pro and, you know, at Fort Sam, you know, she was, I'm going to relay what I learned. She goes, you know, there's this guy that treats everybody the same way. He doesn't care how you're dressed as a golfer, how you walk in as a golfer, how you look as a golfer, he's going to treat you the same way. And she's what I'm getting to is she's, she's talking to her, her, you know, her fellow military people in, in the crowd. And she goes, when you look at a, at a soldier in uniform, I don't care whether he's a E1, he's a E9, he's a 04, 06, respect the person in the uniform. Don't respect the rank. And, it hit me really hard because again, doing my mentorship and mentoring her, I, I learned just by her acknowledging the way her looking at me, it made me feel real special saying, wow, I, I think I've learned a lot from her mental mentorship and she's acknowledging what she's taught me, how to look at people as a person, not judge them by how they look what they're wearing. And, and this is just being in the golf business because, you know, in the golf, golfers want to dress. Golfers want to m- match all the way, even though they're horrible golfers. They want to look, 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 brother, you can see my shoe collection right there. There it is. What? 
Are those Converse? Uh, sorry, man. They're, it's all Nike. <laughs> they look like Chuck Taylor's, brother. Hey. If, you wore, if you wore Chuck Taylor's playing golf, you would be pimp. Oh, you know what, man? That's a good idea, though. I do have some chucks. I do you because chucks, again, they, they have these little spikes that they that they sell now that you can screw onto. Yeah, they're they're called they're called go- golf kicks. Just think of you can wear chucks, dude. Every color of chucks. No, the, the the chucks I have, I'm a little bit more. I I like to think now, but maybe they're about two years ago because I'm really two or three years behind on the the fashion sense. Okay, so that's that, which that, is that, perfect that, for me. But, but it's back to what I was saying. She taught me how to not look at people like that. You know what I mean? Because again. You know, looking at, just think of going in the country club. They expect you to look a certain way going to the country club. And they judge you based on how you look going to the country club. Being at a military installation, I see guys working their BUs, you know, coming in uniform, coming yeah. coming in their PTs, and just guys, regular golfers that come in, you know, and I hate to say it, come in blue jeans, blue jeans, shorts, you know, coming in T-shirts. At the end of the day, I learned from her, don't look at that person. Don't look at that person. Don't judge that person how he's dressed. Judge him how he is inside, meaning as a golfer. And it, it hit me when she said that to her fellow, fellow military personnel during her retirement. Is, hey, don't look at the rank, whether it's E1, 06, general. Respect the person in the uniform. And it, it's carried to me as far as in the customer service business and the, in the golf business now that I treat everybody the same, brother. I treat everybody the same. I don't care who you are, how you look when you walk in there. I, I could see a guy that comes in in cut off blue jeans and a, and a muscle beater, and this guy's shooting 65, 64. I, I totally agree. You know what? Uh, I, I've seen somebody hit barefoot for 18 holes and, like, be on the green, have an opportunity for birdie or eagle every other hole. And I'm just like, dude – you're hitting barefoot. And he said, I know the golf club. He said the golf, the golf spikes just restrict me so much. I feel so free out here. And I'm just like, you know, got me at home. I said, damn, I need to take off my shoes or what the hell? Man, this dude was stroking. All right. Who are you playing your last round of golf with? Well, I mean, I, it comes down to my spirituality again. I'm always playing golf with God and God beats me a lot, brother. And if I have my if I have my last round of golf, it's gonna be with that dude, and I'm hey, not going down easy. Brother. Hey, golf, uh, God's undefeated, man. Just let you know that he's un, he's undefeated. That's why, that's why you asked me what's my <laughs> last round of golf. Like, We're gonna do this right, you know, because if I'm going to heaven, I can't lose in heaven, and I'm gonna remind them about that. Everything's perfect in heaven, God. Remember, <laughs> I can't lose, brother. Craziest thing that you've seen out there on the course or that you've witnessed or you heard going on in your course? Okay, so uh, okay, so look. I, I need the I need the juice, man. I need the hugo. I need I need something, man. I need something juicy. Okay, well, I can't name names on this. Okay, so you, hey, know- you don't have to name names. Just 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 hit me. Say say different names to protect the innocent. Okay, so we have a huge parking lot. You know that Fort Sam mm-hmm. has a huge parking lot, and you know, being always being aware of your surroundings, you always know what golf car, cars and cars that are parked in in your parking lot, and you know the personal golf carts, and you know where your golf carts. Are. So anyway, short story. So there's always there was always this. I can't say the name of the car. Okay, anyway, there was a white Cadillac that used to always park in the way, way, way back of our parking lot. I hate this. I mean, it's the only way I could tell the story. <laughs> tell it. Tell it. This white parking, this Cadillac, this white 
Cadillac used to park way at the back of the uh, the, uh, the park lot at, at Port Salmon. The cart guys started noticing. Everybody started noticing. And during lunch, this truck would always pull up besides this white car. And we're like, what is going on there? Like, hmm. Oh, there's a lady in, in the white car. And there's a guy coming out of the truck that used to come every lunch. And he used to hop in her car. And I remember one day the cart guy says, hey, uh, you need to go check out what's going on in the parking lot. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you know that car that's always parked, that's always been doing for years, brother. This has been going on for years. And I'm like, well, yeah, fine. I'll go because I want to know, right? So I pretty much knew already, right? So I go and here I am driving with the golf cart all the way to the back of the parking lot. And I see, you know, I see the movement in the car. I'm like, hey, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> Perfect time. Brother, what are you doing on a military installation naked and she's naked? And they're like panicking, freaking out because I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is actually pretty cool because this has been going on for years. <laughs> this has been going on for years, for years. And I we never really believed our cart staff because cart staff would say, Hey, um, there's people in the parking lot having sex. I'm like, no, 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 that car, you know, because being in military installation, sometimes people don't have the right tags for the car, so they park the car at Fort Sam and somebody picks them up and takes them on post. I shouldn't really be saying that, but it does. <laughs> it, 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 ha it happens. So, so you, you were trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Right, so I get out there, and of course, you know, they're doing the thing, and, and you know, it seems really weird because I knew both of the people. I knew the female and I knew the male and I knew her husband. And I knew his wife and they weren't husband and wife. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably one of the, one of the weirdest things I've seen, but don't get me wrong. Cause the majority of people that the majority of guys that I play out there are either active duty or retirees. And the majority of, I'm going to say 90% of people that I play with are Sergeant majors. And a lot of those Sergeant majors are fun to play with brother. Because they get upset, dude, and they throw clubs, dude. You know, uh, I'll give you an example. If I play with the Air Force guy and the Air Force guy gets mad, he goes, God dang it. Okay. I play with an Army guy, and an Army guy is five, fucking five, every F word, right? Here, one, 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 of the, one of the people posted, did you watch? <laughs> I had to go witness, brother. I so that's a witness. yes. Hey, I mean, that, that's a yes. That's a yes. Well, I knocked on the window. <laughs> knocked on the wood. I wanted to make sure they were okay. <laughs> you want, you want to make sure they're okay. <laughs> so, 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 you know, it, anyway, it, it's that, you know, playing with the sergeant majors, you know, again, the, the, the Air Force guys, you know, when they get mad, it's real subtle. God dang it. You know, the Army guys, they throw a bunch of F-words out there. The Navy guys, of course, they're drunk. They're throwing clubs. You know, the funniest guys are the guys that break their clubs. They're typically the Marine guys that I play golf with. They'll snap their club. They'll throw their club. And the same guys, they're trying to start a fight with the guy beside me. and said, brother, that's why I don't want the Marines here playing golf with me, dude, because y'all guys are the worst ones. You know, but again, uh, to me, the weirdest things I've seen was that car. You know, them two, of course, to just be honest, they were having sex. But some of the funniest things I've I seen – are the way the sergeant majors play golf. I mean, these guys are just horrible. <laughs> I, I, I mean, horrible. They're hitting thousands of shots. But what I, what, why I like playing golf with them is because you're going to think about these guys are sergeant majors, and some of them are command sergeant majors. They're used to the highest 
success level. And to see to see them fail at golf and humble themselves, I just sit there laughing. I'm like, dude, I'm having such a great <laughs> You're having a blast. I'm having a blast. And they know I'm having a blast watching them. You know, it to me that that's probably I mean, again, brother, I see some weird I can tell you the weird things I see every day, brother. I mean golf course, brother, and then being on a military installation, there's they don't have any they don't care i mean because they're used to being in the showers together they're used to being naked so some of the stuff i can tell you some of the stuff i've seen on the golf course tell tell me have you ever had to call the mbs out there for somebody oh yes brother oh yes i'll give you that's what i hear that's what i want to hear that's what i'm gonna give you a good story so uh there's a guy that checks in he's a he's a he's a, a gunny in the Marine Corps, and he checks in, he wants to walk, and he, he goes on the Salado course, right? And he's playing Salado, and he calls me on, on hole number two. He goes, hey, guy, you need to come out here. Some guy just hit into me, right? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I'm, you know, he's, the Marine guy's a walker, and he goes, yeah, there's some guy, you know, hit into me. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, slow player, whatever. Give it no thought. You know, it'll go away. He calls me on the third hole on Salado and says, this guy literally almost hit me on the top of my head. He hit into me. So at that point, I said, okay. The guy's an active duty soldier. I have to go out there because if it's getting like that, and first he's a Marine. I said, oh, shit, something's going to happen because the Marine is not going to stand down, brother. So I, I go out there. I, I, clo- I have to close the pro shop, first of all. So I close down the pro shop. I, I go out there, and then I go to the, the, the green on hole number three, Salado, the par five. And as I'm driving up, I see this cart that's backing out of this, this gas pipe that we have by the green, he hit the cart. He broke the windshield, and I'm going up to the guy in the green, the, the Marine guy. I said, what's going on? He goes, that guy almost hit me. And I'm watching the guy back up the cart. He wrecked it, and he hit it in the in the gas line. And he goes to hole number four, Salado, you know, on top of the hill? Yeah, on top of the so hill. I approach him, and he's a civilian. At that time, we, we allowed civilians on the course. And I said, hey, brother, uh, that guy said you tried to hit him with a golf shot. He goes, I didn't try to hit him. He go, he put his hands in the air like a like a for me to hit a field goal, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the, the, the Marine guy's like, what are you doing hitting into me? And the guy said he was doing like a field goal. <laughs> the guy was literally drunk. I said, okay, hey, brother, I know you're civilian. I'm going to need you to come with me back, you know. And he goes, who's going to make me? I mean, he got all buck on me. I'm like, ah, dude, you know, I didn't really want to get in a fight with him, you know, because, you know, his guy is drunk, of course. I'm, you know, whatever, making a long story short. The Marine guy comes over and he goes, hey, you okay, brother? I said, I'm okay. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's going to get in a fight with him now. You know what I mean? At that point, I called the MPs, you know. And I, I'm going to tell the story anyway because this is a really good story. So the MPs, MPs get there and they tell me what's going on. I tell them about the civilian. I show them the golf court, you know, where it's wrecked and like that, stuff like that. And well, My buddy my, – I didn't mean to interrupt you, but my buddy goes three points because he got it. He, he, he did. He almost, <laughs> he he almost the <laughs> You almost hit a Marine in the head. That three points is that Marine would have made you have three C three points. Anyway, so so the, the MPs get there and I tell them the story. They show the golf cart, you know, destruction of federal property. And the the, the civilian is is sitting there and it, it's so funny because I, you know, I know majority of the MPs, you know, whether the security forces where it's an active duty or what's the MP. I asked the the MP, hey, buddy, you got your body cam on? He goes, Not yet. Why? And he goes, uh, I'm going to turn it on in a second. And the Marine goes up to that guy goes, that civilian threatened me. He said, I'm the one who called the cop. And he goes, if I ever see you again, you know, the civilian's yelling to that Marine. If I see you on the golf course, me and you are going to have words. 
And I, I looked at that Seville. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, that MP goes, pow, 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 pow. I mean, he jacked that civilian. I mean, <laughs> like, holy cow. I mean, I mean, when I say he jacked him, brother, he didn't have his body cam on, brother. <laughs> that dude got jacked. I'm like, okay. I mean, I felt bad for calling the MPs. But again, if that MP didn't jack that civilian, that Marine was about to jack that civilian. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the only time we, you know, we have to call the MPs, you know, not a lot, but at some times when, uh, and it's a majority, it's always civilians because if you talk to a soldier and tell a soldier he had enough to drink or what's your name, what's your rank, what's your CO, they straighten up pretty quick and they will leave when you ask them to leave. But typically it's usually a civilian that we have to call the MPs on. Has anyone ever pissed you off when you've uh, played with them in a foursome or anything like that? Um, have somebody pissed me off? Okay, so the only thing that that's really that really really upsets me at Fort Sam is there's not anything. I mean, you cannot upset me. There's nothing you can say to me. Even you said your mama jokes. It's not going to upset me. There's nothing that can upset me. But you know. I remember this one time that I was playing with his buddy, Rich. I'm going to say Richard's full name. I think it's Salinas, Richard Salinas. But he, <laughs> but, I, I like how you don't mention any names. I, I like that. It, it could be, you know. But anyway, we're playing on, on, on Loma, on hole number three, you know, uh, uh, the part five on Loma, yeah. Yeah, along, along the military cemetery. Mm-hmm. So, again, there's nothing that gets me mad, brother. I mean, nothing. I'm I'm that guy that's always in a good mood, but you, you got you got to you got to ring the bell there because yes, it's exactly. like a blind, yeah, it's a blind shot. Think think about that area. He goes in the bushes and he urinates. I lose my shit. I lose my shit. I said, Richard, right there is the military cemetery. Cemetery. That cemetery. is where my family's buried. That's where my other fellow soldiers were. That's where every military guy. I mean, I lost my coal like I've never lost it, brother. I mean, that's probably the only time that I really really got mad at anybody at the golf course because I took offense to it because again, you're urinating right there to what I consider very sacred, very it's sacred. Whole, it's holy ground, you know, it's sacred what, ground. Well, our military personnel is, and probably that's the only time that anybody's ever got me really, really mad. I mean, I could see the fairways for warriors, drive on my green, drive on my T-box. <laughs> I'm not going to throw out names, but that doesn't even get me mad. The only thing that really, really gets me upset is if I see a golfer or fellow golfer or anybody urinating in that area by our military cemetery, you'll see me lose it. I will lose it. Favorite hole in the course? Ooh, favorite hole in the course. I'm going to say 14 Loma. 14 Loma. Okay. It, it's, it's Des- really describe narrow, it to me. It's that really narrow hole in the back nine. We call it Amen Corner because you start at 14. It's got a little creek in front that you have to avoid. Then it's got the next hole, 15, that turns, and it's got a pond in front. Okay, yeah, I it's, got you. It's a super narrow hole, and most people can't part. Most people cannot part out there. I, I've came to the conclusion that even if I have to hit a five iron and a hybrid, I'm going to part that hole. If I hit a driver, I'm going to go into the creek. If I hit a three wood, I'm behind the trees. There's times I hit a, a seven iron and a three wood just to get on that hole to part. That's my favorite hole. It's the most challenging hole out there. It is. It is pretty tough or challenging. Well, Robert, do you have any questions for me? Uh, that barrel of golf balls velocity that we have at the pro shop do you want to buy them back so i'll take i'll take them man but hey but at a dis- only at a good rate i really wanted to thank robert so much for being on the show he had some good stories and had a good time 
If you're interested in any instruction, please go check out Robert at Fort Sam Houston Golf Course. And they also have two great tracks out there. They have Salado Del Rio and La Loma. Make sure you hit me up on Instagram, on Facebook, on any of the social media outlets, iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube. Hit me up. Remember, in the game of life, nothing is obese.